0: Can we talk something else? Can can we talk about something else? Out there... The holidays are not an easy time for many of us. They bring about memories of good times we had with those who are no longer around. Some dead, some estranged for whatever reason. It's unfortunate when tragedy strikes around one of these special times. A car crash on Christmas. A heart attack followed by a face plant into the sweet potato pie after Thanksgiving dinner. Tragedy haunts what is supposed to be a magical time. Spoils the mood a little. There is a home somewhere in Ohio where something that happened near 50 years ago still makes it uncomfortable to be in around Easter time. Those who have tried to live there claim it is noticeably affected by something. Haunted. Voices are often heard within it. The confused and muddled conversations of children who are still wondering where all the eggs went and why their Uncle Jimmy disappeared after light flashed from each of his hands. Welcome to Dark Topic. I'm your host, Jack Luna. This is Episode 29, Uncle Jimmy's Easter. James, aka Jimmy Rupert, was born March 29, 1934, in Hamilton, Ohio, a relatively small town in comparison to its big brother, Cincinnati, that looms 20 miles to the south. This difference in size mirrored Jimmy's short stature next to his lone sibling, older brother Leonard, whom, like his father he shared a name with, stood close to six feet tall. Little Jimmy was a runt and would eventually top out at around five foot six. He took after his mother, Charity, in this regard. The family lived in a barn-like structure that was without running water for most of Jimmy's childhood. His father raised chickens, much to Jimmy's detriment as he had asthma, and because of his exposure to the feathers and chicken shit, spent his formative years as a hunched, sickly outcast, tormented by other kids, and left out of most activities like sports and play. Jimmy was always conscious of the fact that his parents had wanted a girl, They often reminded him of this. Jimmy's father was disaffectionate towards him and showed clear preference for Leonard Jr. He regularly informed Jimmy that he wouldn't amount to anything and likely would spend his life dependent upon others as he was a useless weakling. Leonard Sr. died of tuberculosis at the age of 36, leaving 12-year-old Jimmy under the rule of his older brother, whom, without effort, took over as man of the house. Besides the bullying Jimmy experienced at school, He was doubly terrorized by Leonard Jr. when at home. Jimmy claimed he was off beaten up, locked in closets, tied up with ropes, sat on until near suffocation on a regular basis. Almost typical big brother stuff, I guess, although Jimmy always viewed his brother as a sadist who satiated himself by tormenting him. I'm a big brother myself and can remember doing a smidgen of this stuff to my younger bro, Leroy, I know he's listening, and I just want to formally apologize for Charlie horsing your limbs and leaving you debilitated at times as you scream for mercy. One in each arm, then each leg. Maybe one in the stomach. He'd be pleading for me to stop by the final limb, and the storyline here brought some of those memories back. I'll give him a free shot next time I visit. Uh, Maybe I'll even let him flick some spit in my face, jersey me, knock me over, fart in my face, and call me a bitch like I used to do back in our late 20s. Anyways, by the sounds of it, Jimmy had it rough growing up. After his father's death, his mother leaned heavily on Leonard Jr. and wasn't shy about her disappointment in her little Jimmy. Things at school got progressively more humiliating for the kid. His brother had set the bar unattainably high by producing good grades and excelling in sports. Jimmy did neither and was constantly reminded by teachers of how great his brother had been in comparison. Leonard Jr. had gone on to achieve a degree in electrical engineering and eventually became a successful engineer at General Electric. Jimmy, true to form, flunked out of college and spent much of his time holed up in his room at Mom's house, reading weird books and polishing his guns. An outstanding and lasting blow was landed by his older bro when Jimmy introduced one of his rare girlfriends to him, a girl named Alma, and soon found himself dumped. Leonard Sr. would proceed to eventually make Alma his wife, and the two had eight children together a constant reminder of Jimmy's impotence, every time the brood would visit. By the time Jimmy Rupert reached his thirties, he had nestled into the role his father had prophesied for him. He still lived at home, couldn't seem to hold down a job, and spent most of his time as a recluse. At some point, Jimmy was busted for making obscene phone calls to a girl who worked at the local library that he so often frequented, a charge he never disputed, but one that would spiral him into a fog of paranoia plumed around him as a result of his belief that everyone was talking about him. Jimmy's mother and brother eagerly spread the word around of Jimmy's charge, and soon being out in public became unbearable, unless Jimmy was at the local bar. A dive named the 19th Hole, where he would become an everyday patron over the years, building up a debt to his mother and brother who he'd hit up for drinking money at every opportunity. Jimmy had taken a stab at the stock market and lost thousands. He was completely down on himself and fully living up to Leonard Sr.'s low expectations, and was beginning to believe that his family had sabotaged his entire life. Jimmy claimed that the FBI was following him. The police and P.I.s had been falsely informed by his family that he was a communist and a homosexual, apparently viewed as reprehensible to Jimmy in the Midwest around 1965. I'm sure it felt that way. There's a lot of man's mans in the footage I've watched of the crowds that gathered around Jimmy's home after his eventual Easter day meltdown, smoking cigars and jingling their oversized genitals through work pant pocket. Largely viewed as a sissy, Jimmy eventually became obsessed with guns in an effort to boost his appeal to the ladies. Having guns gave him a sense of strength. No matter how short and weak, a man with a gun holds power. Jimmy was later described as a gun freak by the town's police chief. He was often observed shooting cans down by the river bouncing them along the banks by way of gun blast, showing off his marksmanship to the fishermen and the kids flying kites. In the weeks leading up to the Easter of 1975, Jimmy visited a gun shop and inquired about purchasing a silencer. He was also witnessed by many locals as spending an unusual amount of time by the river, draining cans of beer into his gut, then pulling at his gun and making them dance. The night before Easter, Jimmy's 41st birthday in fact, a local woman spent some time talking to a thoroughly sauced Jimmy Rupert over beers at the 19th hole. Of this encounter, she said, Co He spoke of financial troubles and of how his mother had been threatening to kick him out. He said he had a problem he needed to take care of. Jimmy left the bar at around 11 p.m., but soon returned. When this woman asked if he had solved his problem, Jimmy replied, Not yet. He ordered drinks straight through last call and then finally was pushed out the door, the snap of the bar's front lock sounding behind him, just after 2.30 a.m. Jimmy stumbled home and climbed the stairs to his room. He wouldn't awake until he heard the delighted squeals of his nieces and nephews unpiling from his brother's vehicle at around 4 p.m. the next day. Easter, 1975. Rosetta Stone, everybody. You know, for a long time, I've been wanting to go to Japan, but the thing holding me back is that I'm intimidated by the language. And that's why I've been going pretty hard at the Rosetta Stone service. I wanna be able to take my girl to Japan, a place that she's always wanted to go, and suddenly just start speaking fluent Japanese at the restaurant. That's my goal. (laughs) Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on a desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language you wanna learn. It's been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. Rosetta Stone immerses you in a bunch of ways. Uh, There's an intuitive process where you pick up the language naturally, first with words and phrases, then sentences. They have the speech recognition feature. Built-in true accent gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Uh, It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient and it's an amazing value especially with this offer here. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Dark Topic listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off on limited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Alright everybody, Zipix Toothpicks. This is something that I use all the time. So this episode is brought to you by Zipix Nicotine Toothpicks. Zipix brings you a totally satisfying, convenient, and great tasting way to curb your nicotine cravings. Now you can get your nicotine fix anytime, anywhere, without having to rely on smoking or vaping. Zipix Toothpicks give you an easier, better, and more discreet way to get your fix. They're available in six great long-lasting flavors, and they have options in two milligrams and three milligrams of nicotine. Zippix are perfect for flights, sporting events, restaurants, podcasting, <laughs> uh, literally anywhere that you smoke or vape, where that's banned. They're also one of the most cost-effective nicotine products on the market. Zipix also offers caffeine and B12 infused toothpicks, if you're not a nicotine user, or if you're trying to get away from your nicotine habit. Zippix have already helped tens of thousands of customers, including myself, to get their nicotine fix without needing to inhale smoke or vape oils. Make your lungs happy and try Zippix, nicotine-infused toothpicks. So ditch the cigarettes, ditch the vape, and get some nicotine-infused toothpicks at zipixtoothpicks.com today. Get 10% off your first order by using the code darktopic at checkout. Your lungs will be glad you did. Must be 21 years of age or older to order. Warning, nicotine is an addictive chemical Zip more, smoke less, with Zippix, nicotine toothpicks. Leonard Jr.'s family entered Grandma's house and she greeted them one by one. First, Jimmy's ex girlfriend and now Leonard's wife, Alma. Then, the eldest child, Leonard III, 17 years old. Followed by Michael, 16, Tommy, 14, Carol, 13, Anne, 12, David, 11, Teresa, 9. And finally, to Grandma Rupert's delight, entitled the youngest, four-year-old, Little John. Grandma Rupert had been under the weather, so the group had spent the early afternoon at Alma's parents' house, where they had had a formal lunch. The kids were excited for the usual egg hunt they knew would be waiting for them in the yard. Grandma Rupert was described by friends as just the sweetest little lady you'd ever meet. She stirred a pot of sloppy joes as her youngest boy, Jimmy, finally stirred himself from bed and entered the kitchen, nicely dressed in an Easter fit, but looking slightly hungover. He scoffed at the pot, wondering why he'd bothered to get dressed up for such a lowly Easter feast. He spoke with his brother of politics in the stock market for a bit, observing his nieces and nephews, joyously hunting for eggs out in the yard. They scurried about with brightly colored baskets, exclaiming intermittently as they discovered a hidden chocolate. At some point Leonard Jr. asked Jimmy how his Volkswagen was doing. Jimmy stiffened. He would long suspected that his brother had been messing with his vehicle. There had been many inexplicable issues over time. Most recently, the wipers had been tampered with and his bumper had been loosened, causing damage to the muffler. This comment from Leonard verified Jimmy's suspicions. He headed upstairs, saying he was going to get his guns and go shoot for a while. As Jimmy gathered his guns, four in all, and loaded them, the kids returned from their hunt and began peeling open the foils to enjoy their booty. The smallest of them, Little John, methodically worked the skin off a tiny purple egg as Uncle Jimmy re-emerged from his lair. It wasn't unusual to see Jimmy with guns. He was a gun nut, after all. When he entered the kitchen and set a shotgun down by the back door and turned to his older brother, hands full of steel, Leonard may have smirked in mild amusement. The magnum in one of Jimmy's petite hands and the twenty-two in the other went off in unison, much to Leonard's shock, and he went down in a heap. Alma, Jimmy's ex, was next. Neither of the two were quite dead right away, but for now they were incapacitated, which would do. Grandma stopped stirring the sloppy joes and ran at Jimmy screaming. She was soon on the ground bleeding. Not long after that, dead. All three adults lay dead or dying as the children began to scream. Anne, 12, David, 11, and Teresa, 9, were in the kitchen. They were all gunned down in a matter of seconds by their now wild-eyed, bespectacled Uncle Jimmy. Alerted, Leonard third entered the archway from the living room. Jimmy took him down. Stepping over the bodies of half his family, Jimmy entered the living room, where he proceeded to murder 16-year-old Michael, 14-year-old Tommy, and 13-year-old Carol. Some accounts claim that he then sat on the couch and fired at four-year-old John, as if he were a beer can on the beach. One officer later said of finding John, When I walked through that front door right into the middle of that carnage, I saw that four-year-old little boy with blue bib corduroy overalls on, a long-sleeved cotton shirt, and lying on the floor at the foot of the couch stretched out with a bullet in his head. In his outstretched right hand, he had partially opened the purple tinfoil wrapper of a chocolate easter egg. That was a sight that shook me to the depths of my soul, and I have never forgotten it. End quote. Jimmy Rupert walked around the house and delivered a final shot to each of his family members' heads. In total, he fired 35 rounds, a little over three apiece, extra for Leonard II and third to be certain. One of the kids had crawled to the back door only to be killed with a single shot to the head during Jimmy's methodical final sweep. Having finally taken care of his problem and achieving the most heinous mass killing ever played out in a private dwelling, Uncle Jimmy sat for three hours in the stunned silence as the house morphed from a place of joy to what many still claim to be a house of haunts. He then phoned police, stating simply that, there's been a shooting. When authorities arrive, Uncle Jimmy answers the door. He's dressed like an Easter egg, with plaid slacks, a yellow shirt offset with a white tie. The shirt sports an unintentional upraised microdot feature of blood red, lending even more character to his getup on this day. Officers ask if he's phoned in a shooting. Jimmy only lowers his eyes, getting a sense that Easter is ruined, perhaps forever. The responders step past the tiny man and into a scene that will instantly and forever circumvent, dominate, their worst memories. Jimmy Rupert is arrested for the murder of 11 family members. There is an iconic photo of him being led to court. He looks just like Woody Allen. It's one of the most captivating true crime photos I've ever come across, startling proof that monsters come in all shapes and sizes. In court, the prosecution attacked Jimmy's insanity defense by claiming he was hoping to actually profit off this whole mess. If he were to be found not criminally responsible, it was possible that Jimmy Rupert would inherit money and lived to spend it, after a stint in a mental institution. The trial had a carnival-like atmosphere. This was a big show. Little Jimmy Rupert murdered his whole family? By himself? No survivors? How? He's so... little. The answer to the how of this is that he just did it. Once he started, he didn't stop. Guns don't give a shit how big you are. They're still guns. His target practice at the river had left him adept at reloading as he danced tin cans along its banks. He took out the greatest threat right away, his older brother. From there, things were pretty easy. I'm sure the kids were in shock. Maybe they even thought it was a prank. It all happened so fast. Jimmy was sentenced to life in Ohio State Penn after being convicted of 11 counts of aggravated homicide. He was difficult at trial, refusing to speak to anyone simply claiming he was crazy when asked about why he'd done what he did. He was granted an appeal in the summer of 82 when a then 47-year-old bearded Jimmy Rupert was eventually reconvicted for the murders of his mother and brother and sentenced to life, but found to be not criminally responsible in the other nine deaths due to insanity. This meant he would be transferred from the penitentiary to the slightly less horrible Allen Oakwood Correctional Institution. By this time, the death penalty had been reinstated in the U.S. after a suspension between 1972 and 1976, but Jimmy lucked out as he committed his mass murder in 75. He was safe, and though he had barely any family left over to complain about that fact, those from his hometown and beyond were incensed. The pending inheritance from his mother was mercifully forfeited, and although pretty much no one was happy with the idea that Jimmy would be allowed to live, At least he would never walk free again, and likely has been at the mercy of inmates for the past 44 years. Jimmy Rupert, now 85 years old, is still alive in prison. He has been turned down for parole twice, and his next chance will come in 2025, when he's 91 years old. It will be in April, this next shot at parole, should he still be living, right around Easter time. I wonder if he'll get dressed up in a cute little colorful outfit special for the occasion dark topic is an 1159 media production to support on patreon visit patreon.com/ topic pod for merch, Or just to reach out, visit darktopicpodcast.com.